Welcome to the What's Your Niche or Niche podcast. I am Jessica Rodriguez, and I am a podcast manager, producer, editor, launch specialist, and pretty much anything that has to do with podcasts, I do it. In this podcast, you will learn directly from the experts on how they decided on their niche. They are going to take you through their journey, provide some great advice on how to discover your true calling, and they will provide you with some actionable steps to follow when selecting your specialty. Are you ready to find your niche? Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the What's Your Niche podcast. I am so happy to have Andrea Sager here with me today. Andrea is the CEO and founder of Legapreneur, a legal tech startup that focuses on offering affordable legal services to businesses of all sizes. While working at a corporate firm, Andrea noticed a gap in the legal industry. No one was catering to the small, innovative startup brands dominating her social media feeds. As a serial entrepreneur, she knew firsthand the importance of building a business with a solid legal foundation. However, she also knew that many new businesses simply did not have the funds. The realization led to the development of Legalpreneur because legal services should be accessible to everyone. In addition to running her company, Andrea is a mom of two, lives in Houston, and is passionate about all things health, wellness, poker, and business. Welcome, Andrea. I'm so excited to have a fellow Houstonian on with me today. Yes, thanks for having me. I know I was so excited to see that you're in Houston. Not many online entrepreneurs or podcasters are in the Houston area. So it's exciting. Yes, yes. And sort of on the same side of town. So that was yes. really an extra neat because normally the people <laughs> that I know, they're like all over the place, like Katie and, you know, like far away. I mean, you know, Houston's just huge. So, okay. I was going to get started, but then also reading your bio again, poker. So are you like a, like a professional poker player or what's <laughs> Definitely not a professional poker player. So I used to always play poker back in the day when I was like 16, 17. I would go in because back then it definitely was not legal and still it's a gray area. But back then I was in high school going into all these like underground poker rooms. And yeah, like I was That's really it was so cool. Fun. Actually, yes. I was thinking you were going to say, yeah, I'll just play with my friends. But you were like, Serious. (gasps) Yes. Because I just grew up around it. And then I started going to those rooms and then I left to school in Kentucky and I lived in Kentucky for eight years. And then that's where I met my uh, future ex-husband. And then when we moved back to Houston and I left him, I was like, what? Like, what am I doing with my life? What do I do with my time? And I was like, oh yeah, I used to play poker. And now like 10 plus years later, there's all these poker rooms around. So I started going to this poker room, started playing again. I remember the first time I walked in, I was like, this, this is what I've missed. And so I just started going again. And then funny enough, the main poker room that I always went to, it was about to shut down. And one of my really good friends that I met playing poker, we both have our own businesses and we both love that place. And I told him, I was like, hey, um, I think we should buy it because we know how to run businesses. We don't want the place to shut down. And so we bought it and turned it around, built it back up and then sold it. And now we still just play a lot. (laughs) Oh, how neat. Oh my gosh. Now is that poker place? Is it on our side of town or is it on a different side? Yeah. So it's South Houston Poker Club. It's right there on Fuquay and 45. Okay. Yeah. I 
still play there a lot. That's basically I'm either working with my kids or playing poker. That's what I do. That is so cool. My <laughs> husband, they had their, gosh, I can't even remember how many years uh, anniversary for their fraternity. We both graduated from A&M. Mm-hmm. And they had like a poker night, like for oh, the banquet. It. And yeah. that was so neat. I mean, you didn't win anything but prizes, but you know, you yeah. did. It was really neat. It was so interesting because when I go, come on, when I go gambling, <laughs> I, do, I do the slot. So which yeah. there's no strategy to it other than, you know, I like to see the little fish go down and grab stuff and yeah. win. So I like to hear all the noises. But it was really kind of fun to see him play. Um, I don't know what the real name is, but 21. Oh, Blackjack? Blackjack. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I used to play when I was a kid, you know, because yeah. we didn't have internet yeah. and all this stuff. So you played yeah. cards back then, right? It was like some serious yep. stuff. <laughs> yep, for sure. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I might have to check that out. I mean, I'll, I'm sure I'll lose, but it would be fun. That's it's how fun. neat. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And it's just my, that's like my escape, my little getaway. How neat. Okay, well, now we'll get started on yeah. uh, your the real reason you came in. It's because uh, your legal side. And that was just so interesting to me when uh, you reached out. I was like, oh my gosh, that is really the side that none of us really think about. We know mm-hmm. to get, you know, either sole proprietorship or like LSC or something, you know, and we don't yeah. really know much about it or why we should do which thing. Yep. And so, but before we get started with that, I want you to start by telling me how you really came into the online world, how you became, you know, the yeah. legalpreneur. <laughs> yeah. So I I was in law school and I got the big firm job and I thought I was set for life. I That was my dream job. And I was so excited. We were living in Cincinnati at the time and I was set for life. And then I remember the first week I was at the job, it just hit me all of a sudden when I just saw these old white men in three-piece suits walking around the office. And I was like, Oh my gosh, they've been here since they were my age. I can't sit in this chair for the next 40 years of my life. And my ex-husband now, he was staying home with our son at the time. And it was hard to even go home and tell him like, I actually don't want this job because I was the breadwinner. And so he just basically, he wanted me to stay on as long as I could. I, I mean, I lasted seven months, but what happened was I was, I had another small business. It was a clothing boutique. From there, I had a lot of connections to other business owners and they were constantly coming to me for help. And so I thought I was going to be a rock star because, you know, I I thought maybe this will be my place in the firm. I'll be a rainmaker, just bring in clients to the firm. But they did not want small businesses. There was like my defining moment. I think we all have these like defining moments. I was bringing on a client for a trademark and the partner literally told me to my face, like, we do not want small businesses. They're not quality clients. To me, the client was, I mean, she was a multi six-figure business owner. She's now like a multi seven-figure business owner. Mm -hmm. But back then she was still doing really well. And I just saw the constant need for small business owners. They needed an attorney. They didn't know who to go to. And so finally, that was it for me. I was like, okay, I have to go serve these people because there's nobody else to serve them. So I, what's funny is it was a Monday. We decided to put our house for sale because we were going to move back to Houston. On a Wednesday, I remember texting my ex-husband and I was like, hey, you know, like I, I can't do this anymore. Like I, I'm ready to quit. We have enough money to hold us over until we move, blah, 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 blah. And he convinced me to wait until we had a contract on our house. And I was like, you know what? Fair enough. At least we'll know the house is going to sell. Well, then Friday, my boss walked into my office and I just knew immediately that they were firing me. And I 
I mean, I'm like five minorities rolled into one. And so I knew I had manifested getting fired. I always tell people that I manifested it because I knew that if they let me go, they would have to give me a severance package. So that's what happened. And I, it took everything in me not to look excited when they were letting me go. (laughs) You're all, thank you. (laughs) Yes. Cause I, uh, we had the, we had a little bit of savings and then I, we, I mean, it was another 30,000 to hold us over. And I was like, yes, this is it. Like, this is enough money for me to get started on my own firm because I, I, we were still debating on, I wanted to go out on my own, but my ex-husband wanted me to go work at a firm because obviously that's like quote unquote, the guaranteed paycheck. Anyways, I had enough money to get started on my own, launched my firm that night and it's been a wild ride, but it has been so much fun and just an honor and a privilege to be able to be that go-to resource for small business owners that otherwise would have no idea what needs to get done, how to do it and how to do it without spending an arm and a leg. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, because especially when I started out, I mean, I didn't know what I needed to do or what I, I I'm probably still doing it wrong. So I'm, that's why I'm very excited to talk to you. Now, <laughs> I want you to tell us the difference between sole proprietorship, LLC, mm-hmm. corporation, which one should like me, yeah. a smaller business and, you know, in even being a small business, the ones that are making the six, seven figure businesses, they're still considered small businesses to me yep. because they're a small group of people doing the work. So which, you know, it, does it depend on how much you're making or what do you, where do so, we start? <laughs> yeah. So really corporations, I very rarely suggest a corporation. A corporation is basically when you're going to have investors and that is when you have the liability protection, but the corporation is for essentially it's for investors that want to have some say so in the business. So for the most part, for small business owners, you don't want to worry about having a corporation, but what you do want is an LLC, a limited liability company. And the reason why you want to be an LLC and you want to be this as soon as possible is because it protects you personally as an individual from the debts of your company. So it's hard for a lot of people to wrap it around their head because they may be the sole owner of their business. But when you are a sole proprietor, there's you as an individual and your business, you're one in the same. You are tied together to your business. Not that it's illegal. That's perfectly legal. However, there's a lot of liability risk when you have, when you are one in the same as your business. That's why you want the LLC because there's a degree of separation because then there's you as an individual and then there's your business. Even if you're the sole owner, you want that degree of separation because you never know what's going to happen in your business. And that LLC is just one layer of protection to lower your risk as a business owner. Because the moment you become a business owner, your risk level is through the roof. You are held to the same standard as Fortune 500 companies. And so the goal is to slowly but surely lower that risk. Now, the LLC is only for liability purposes. A lot of people think, oh, what about taxes? What about this? What about that? I heard you should only do it for, you know, once you're making X number of dollars. So the LLC is for liability purposes. The S Corp, which I'll touch on in just a second, that is what changes your taxes. As a sole proprietor, you are taxed. You're the taxed the same way as if you are a single member LLC. You're filing a Schedule C on your tax return. Once you file the LLC, you're still filing a Schedule C on your taxes. That only changes when you make the S-Corp election. The S-Corp election, essentially, it helps you save in self-employment taxes. And you do have to pay yourself a reasonable salary to get those savings. But once you are making enough money, 
that's when it makes sense to have the S-Corp election. So when people tell you, oh, wait until you're making X number of dollars to file the LLC, typically it's coming from an accountant because they tie the LLC and the S-Corp together. They don't have to be done at the same time. They can, but they don't have to. So a lot of times I always suggest business owners file the LLC as soon as possible. And then once you're making enough revenue, that's when you want to make the S-Corp election. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about the S-Corp election because I'm I'm kind of, you know, yeah, so not understanding S- that part. Yeah. So the S-Corp actually is not a business entity. It is a tax filing status. So your entities are, that's how you legally operate the business. You can be a sole proprietor. You can be an LLC. You can have a partnership, a corporation. Those are the main entities. For small business owners, I always suggest an LLC as soon as possible. Then there's tax savings, which you can get by making the S-Corp election. The S-Corp election can only be made after you are already an LLC or corporation. And to keep in mind, the S-Corp is not an entity in itself. It is just a tax filing status. So you could be an LLC taxed as an S-Corp or a corporation taxed as an S-Corp. Okay. So it's something that we do during the tax when we're doing our taxes. Correct. Yeah. So I, yeah, I tell a lot of clients, if you're going to be bringing in about 60,000, that's when you want to go have 60,000 in a year. That's when you want to go to your accountant and have that conversation about, Hey, should I make this S corp election or should I wait? When should I make this S corp election? Cause there's a lot of questions that will go into it as far as what is your salary going to be? Because if you are an LLC, and you're not taxed as an S-corp, or if you're a sole proprietor, you're actually paying double self-employment taxes. Because whenever you're an employee, your employer is paying half the self-employment taxes. Mm -hmm. You as an individual, the employee, you're paying the other half. Well, when you are a business owner, you're both. You're the employer and the employee. So in order to minimize that, you pay yourself quote unquote, a reasonable salary. You want it to be as low as possible. But if you were to ever get audited, you want to make sure that you can argue to the IRS like, hey, this is why this is reasonable for me. So you pay yourself low enough. And then anything on top of that is distributed to you as as profit and you pay a much lower tax rate. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had, I hadn't even heard of that. So that's uh, really great to know. Now I knew about the double self-employment tax because yeah, yeah, the, the company, I had somebody that, um, does the taxes for small businesses mm-hmm. and on previously. And she told me about that. And I was like, oh, now it makes sense because a lot of people yes. would say you're paying double. You're really not paying double. It's just that the corporation would pay your other half and you're paying that one. But now it's both. But this can help with that. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, that's great. That's really great to to know. And um, yeah, I'm so excited yeah. for you to be on. I'm like, oh, well, yes, <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. Okay. So now I know we're in the middle of a recession, right? But these seasons are cyclical, you know, they go recession, not recession, you know, and eventually we're going to come back out of it. So what should we do to prepare for the next recession once we're out of this one? Or is there something we can do, you know, during right now? Is there something we should do or to get ready? So what I always suggest to business owners, number one is make sure everything in your business is legally protected. And there's two things that you really want to make sure of when you're going into really any time of business, but it's even more important when you're in a recession or going into a recession, because it's that much more important to make sure you can hold on to what you have. So number one is cutting expenses. And number two is finding other revenue sources. So cutting expenses, of course, we all know like, hey, watch what you're spending, but adding revenue sources 
a lot of people don't realize this can be done when you are legally protecting your business. So if you have things in your business that can be protected with a trademark or a copyright, your intellectual property, a lot of people don't realize there are revenue streams that can come from that. I just had a client a couple of months ago. We filed a trademark for her a couple of years ago. She found somebody infringing. We basically got them removed online and then their attorney reached out. And after some negotiating, basically they wanted to pay my client a license to use the name. And she's like, no, I don't really care. She's like, I don't want them to use the name. And I was like, that is your right. And then <laughs> their attorney came back and mind you, she's she's a small business owner, but making enough money, but she's not making millions. Well, their attorney came back and because she has the federal trademark registration, so she has the leverage and they came back and offered her a payment of $25,000. And I told her, I was like, hey, I know you said you weren't interested in a license, but they're offering $25,000. I just want to let you know. She's like, absolutely. Where do I sign? <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, so they can just use the name too. Is that what that is? That exactly. means exactly. Okay. Yeah. And you can put any parameters around a license that you want. And basically they just, and it wasn't the same exact name. It was a similar name. And that's the thing about trademarks that you have to be aware of. It's not just the same exact name that can be trademark infringement. It's anything similar enough to oh. where consumers are likely to be confused. So that's what was happening here. It was basically the same phonetic words, just a different spelling. And they just they just wanted to continue to use the name and they didn't want to have to rebrand. And because, you know, she did what she was supposed to got the registration. They paid her to continue using it. Oh, wow. OK, yeah. See, I didn't I didn't realize that that if it was even close, you know, yeah. sounding. But yeah, that's happened to me when I'm not for my business. But when I'm looking up something and I'm like, oh, dang, that's not the one I wanted, you know, and it sounds yeah. similar or like just kind of a little different. And yeah, you find the right wrong person. Oh, yeah, that's really great. Okay, so I went and looked at your website. That is a really great website. So I'm a, whoever designed it, or if it was you, it's really good. Well, we're actually in the middle of a complete rebrand. We've updated it a little bit because we have updated our brand colors, but we're hopefully in a, the next month or two going to be rolling out a brand new website, which is pretty cool. I'm it's even nicer than that because yes. that, it was very easy to find everything. And it was just really interesting. But the one thing, of course, that caught my eye, which it, my audience is going to really want to know about is your contract vault. Yes. I was like, that is so neat. I was like, oh my gosh, that's a great, great thing to have. So tell me about yes. your, your contract vault. What do you have in there? Yeah. So when I had my law firm, I had a lot of newer business owners coming to me asking for contract for their course or a contract, you know, terms and conditions for their website. And I would take them through my process to draft it up for them. But because they were so new in business, they didn't know what they needed in the contract. So essentially they were using my template anyway. So after I realized, okay, people are paying me a lot of money for essentially my templates. Let me just start selling these templates. So that's how the contract vault came about. And we used to sell just the full vault, but then a lot of people are like, well, what, what what contracts do I need? So instead of giving them all these contracts and still having to tell them what they need, now we broke it up into different niche bundles. So whatever your niche is, we have a contract bundle for you. If you're a photographer, a podcaster, if you're e-commerce business, basically there's, I think we have over 30 different niches in there and we sell all the contracts that you need. In every bundle, you have a privacy policy and terms and conditions because that goes on every single website. And then basically all your niche contracts after that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's really great. 
Oh, yeah. yeah I'm excited so, to look at that because I'm sure I need it. <laughs> yeah. And what's really cool is uh, there are other businesses out there selling contract templates, but we try to be the most cost effective. So you get anywhere from three to seven contracts for $200. And there's some mm-hmm. businesses out there that sell one contract for $200, $300. So Oh, that's great. Especially for people that are just coming into the, you know, new entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, $200 doesn't sound like a lot anymore, but it is when you're just starting out and you don't really have anything. So $200 is, you know, reasonable to be able to get that because yeah, like you're saying to hire a lawyer to come up with the contract for you. So that's, yeah, a really great price. Now, I also saw that you have some pre-orders for a book that you're coming out with. Now, when is that book coming out? So that is coming out the end of January. The book, which covers the whole legal journey, a lot of stories about clients, successes, failures when it comes to the legal side of things, and then ultimately just teaching you how to do the legal stuff on your own. Because I'm, you know, I'm the first proponent to say, hey, everything is figure outable. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, hey, you need to pay us all this money to get this legal protection done. If you're a DIYer, absolutely, it can be done on your own. It is all figure outable. And that's what the book is for. Now, are you going to have that book? I, I am going to buy it. I'm telling you right now. But <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, are you going to have it in Audible or something that we can listen to also? Yes. Yeah, so eventually it will be in Audible. Uh, in January, it'll be in print and paperback and hard hardcover. Okay. Yeah. Cause I just, I, I like to listen to books whenever I'm like, you know, running around and get, yeah. getting the kids or even at the grocery store, I'll stick my ear, you know, I stuff in my yeah. ears and I start listening and getting, so I'd like to listen to it and be able to, you know, go to the different places, what I want to, you know, find out about. So yeah, I think that'd yeah. be really great too. Okay, great. So I know this is your business. Are there other people? Are you teaching people to do this? Are there people that can work with you or how, you know, especially like the people that are listening to my business, they're, they're coming into, you know, they're trying to figure out what yeah. kind of niche or niche they want to do. Do you have something like that? Do you have any kind of course to teach people to do what you're doing? Yeah. So the legal protection playbook is going to be your best bet to get started. That's going to teach you really what you need to know about the legal stuff. And then we have a series of basically different products or services. So we have for the DIY, or we do have a DIY bundle, which is your LLC filing, a contract bundle, plus our trademark course. And then we have our legalpreneur membership, which is our signature product. And that gets you all access to your own attorney. That is under $200 a month. You get unlimited emails, a phone call every month, document review, access to all of our contract templates. Plus you get a business audit and there's some bonuses in there as well. But the Legalpreneur membership is definitely for every business owner, literally your own attorney for under $200 a month. And how we're different than a lot of other legal memberships is we put a huge emphasis on being proactive. So like LegalZoom, Rocket Lawyer, all those legal memberships, they're like, hey, yeah, you get a free phone call anytime there's a new issue. Well, we don't want those issues to happen. So we're very proactive in making sure all of the legal protection is getting done up front to avoid any problems. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. You have, I mean, like you seem to have covered it all for what yeah. you're, for, for us small business owners. So I really, really like that. I'm excited to be able to offer and show everybody these things. I'm going to have, you know, all your different links on, um, on the show notes, but before we go, I want you to tell us, you know, where the listeners can find you, you know, online and your website and stuff. So. Yeah. So the website is thelegalpreneur.com. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at thelegalpreneur. And I have my own Instagram at Andrea Sager law. We also have our own podcast, the legalpreneur podcast, 
a ton of good tidbits in there. We have three episodes a week. Mondays are legal, short legal tips. Wednesdays are an interview and then with another badass business owner. And then Fridays are business tips. Oh, wow. That's a lot of good stuff. There you go. (laughs) I'm excited. Wow. That's a lot of episodes that you put out. And I have another client that does that and it's the same kind of thing. I mean, just some really good content. So, oh yeah, that's really good. So if they go onto your podcast, they can kind of skim through and see what they really, I mean, they they need to listen to all of them, of course, but you know, they can kind of skim through and be able to figure out which one that they need to listen to, to get the answers they need. Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and giving us all this great information. I got a ton from it. I was taking notes. So so I'm excited. I'm excited for your book because um, I need to figure out, you know, what I need to do with, you know, legally with my business. Cause I just, you know, you just get started and you just kind of go and, and then it just starts growing and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. I need to protect myself and I need to make sure that I'm doing the right stuff. So I'm really excited about your book and and learning from all of Thank y'all, you. All, all the people that you're going to bring on for the, the bonuses. Yes. So yay. Well, it was very nice meeting you. And uh, I can't wait to meet up with you in person since we're so yes. close to each other. Yes. Maybe you can take me along to a poker thing. I, I, yeah. I don't know how much you won't want to partner with me, but <laughs> I don't even know if they do partners. <laughs> it's okay. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming thank again. You. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a review below and send me a DM on Instagram to let me know. If you're ready to start a podcast or if you think podcast management or editing is something you would like to niche down and do, make sure to schedule a free consultation with me. The link is below in the show notes. I hope you all have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you next time.